Hello and welcome to the Legacy Church Podcast. We hope that today's message will inspire you to grow in your journey of faith. We believe that hope is for everyone. So, no matter where you find yourself on your journey of faith, we believe Jesus is willing to meet you right where you're at. So again, thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. My favorite thing, the Word of God, John chapter 8 verses 31 through 36, and today I want to finish our, our um, sermon series on Abide. And we're going to talk about just what it truly means to find freedom. I mean, we know it's the 4th of July weekend, and freedom's talked about in all different ways, and my heart today is that you would find, through the Word of God, freedom in your life. And so, the book of John, chapter 8, 31, 36, says this. Would you stand for the reading of God's Word? And it says this, So, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in Him, If you abide in my Word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We're offspring of Abraham, and we've never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you'll become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. You may go ahead and take a seat. Father, thank you so much for your word. I thank you, God, because your presence is already here. Your spirit is already talking to us. And my prayer is this, God, no matter where we're at on our journey of faith, no matter what we did last night, no matter what happened this morning, I ask that you would meet every individual right where they're at, whether they're here in person or online. Father, I pray that your presence and your word would speak to every single one of us. If we're starting out asking questions about faith, and we haven't yet put our faith in you, I pray you would bring clarity, and you would cause us to grow and, 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 and woo us into love with you, God. If we're, if we've been walking with you for a long time, I pray, Lord, that you would begin to bring even deeper of a revelation and a greater understanding of who you are through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, several years ago, early on in our marriage, Sophia and I had the grand idea of joining a gym. How many of you know that you know, when you get married, you, you, you tend to gain some weight here and there. Anybody out there, right? Like, especially in my case, I was a scrawny 125-pound runner who ran 100 miles a week. So my calorie intake was like 5,000 calories a day just to keep up. I got married. I quit running, but I kept eating. Come on. <laughs> right? And so a few years into our marriage, we realized, all right, we got to get a gym membership. And so we had this great, great idea of not just a gym. I want like an all-inclusive gym. Because how many of you know that if you're brown, you need a tanning bed to get more brown, right? Like me. So I wanted a tanning bed. I wanted massages. Come on, somebody out there, right? Like, and so we bought this gym membership for this all-inclusive gym where you could tan as long as you want. You can get massages. You can do this. And guess how many times we went? Maybe twice. Right? And so, just like you, we got this gym membership. I know, I know I'm not alone in this. You get this gym membership. You got all these goals and aspirations, you know. And, and soon enough, you realize you're just paying all this money for them to just do what? Right? And so... Sooner or later, we realize, okay, we got to get out of this trap. Like, we, we can't keep just paying money for something we're not using. And so I went in to go cancel our membership, and there's this thing called fine print. 
And apparently I had signed us up for five years. <laughs> you guys know where I'm going with this, right? Because they sell it to you, right? Like, it, it'll cost you this much month for, per month, but if you sign your life away, it'll cost you this much, right? And so for, to save yourself the extra $5 a month, you sign a five-year contract, right? And, and to cancel the contract, how many of you know you got to pay an arm and a leg, right? It's like, well, it's going to be a cancellation fee, and then there's going to be an early termination fee, and it, it's the same thing, right? It's just verbalized differently, right? And then you're going to have to pay the remaining balance, you know, so if you're six months into the five-year plan, basically you're paying for the next five years, right? And isn't that the way the freedom of this world enslaves us? It promises us unlimited things only to enslave us. You can binge watch Netflix all day, day long. You've got, you've got unlimited access to media. And before you know it, now you are addicted to your phone and to a screen. You've got unlimited connection to people. And all of a sudden now, you are bound up by everyone else's opinions. Right? You've got indulgences, pleasure, money, never-ending source of it only to feed your flesh. Before I even get preaching this morning, I just want to tell you something. Flesh begets flesh. In other words, the freedoms, if you will, that this world tries to offer us truly enslave us. And my heart this morning as a pastor is that you, my friend, would understand that you're called to more than that. That you're not called to be a slave to sin, but you're called to freedom and an indeed kind of freedom. Where chains that bind your mind, your heart, your body, and your soul would shed off and you would live the life that Christ has for you. See, as we wrap up this series in Abide, here's, here's the main goal. I don't just want to be with Jesus for the sake of being with Jesus. I want to be with Jesus because Jesus does something in my life that transforms me into who he's called me to be. Right now, of course, I love just sitting with Jesus just for the sake of it. And we've got to enjoy that. But soaking in God's presence isn't just for soaking sake, if you will. It's so that our lives can look differently. Why? My friend, that's why it's written on the wall because there's a message of hope for all people that can only be carried by you and I. And all of us are called to carry that message. So as we wrap up this series, I want to talk to you about how abiding truly is the path to freedom. You know, we hear about freedom, especially on weekends like this weekend, the 4th of July. We talk about it in church, this country... Uh, you know, claims to be, have been founded on independence and we can get into all the ins and outs on, on how that was just for some people and not for all people and, and all that and, and we can get in arguments about it or marketers are constantly trying to sell you the idea of freedom, right? And multi-level marketing, right? If you buy this, then you've got financial freedom. I'm not bashing on any of that, but just there, there's promises out there of freedom and the truth is that the only way to truly live a free life in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, and in your spirit is to be found, that freedom is to be found in the person of Jesus Christ and He, and he alone. Amen. So I believe as I, as I look at the book of John chapter 8, this is a very short kind of snippet in the, in the Bible. Man, it's jam-packed in my opinion. It is jam-packed. I'm going to do my very best to in the next 
30 to an hour and a half to break it down for you guys, okay? <laughs> Number one, in order to experience real freedom, you got to get real. You got to get real. John 8.33 says, they answered him, we are the offspring of Abraham and we've never been enslaved to anyone. There's almost an arrogance to their response. How is it that you say you'll become free? The key is found in the 32nd verse where John specifies that Jesus is speaking to Jews that had believed in him. In other words, he's speaking to Christians. They are Christians that are not willing to face the music that there are areas of their lives in where they're still bound up. They're believers in denial about their bondage. They're offspring of Abraham. In other words, what, what does it mean when, when they responded, well, we're the offspring of Abraham. What they're saying is this. We come directly from the lineage of the chosen people of God. So they're saying, Jesus, do you know who we are? Like, we come from the perfect lineage. We, we, we were born into the right family. We've gotten it right our whole lives. We've studied all of the law and we've done the right works. We, we've right family, right works. We've done it all perfectly. And our works have gotten us this far. How is it that you say that we're slaves? And, and I mean, you and I know this, right? And maybe if you don't know it, let me break it down for you. Our response to that is, um, really not in bondage? How about the Babylonians? Like, how about the Assyrians? Like, how about in the very moment this was scripted in John 8, they were under the Roman rule. So like a soldier says, hey, I'm tired. Now carry my stuff for me. You have to walk a mile no matter where, what happened, what's going on. Right? You, you pay dues to the Roman government. Like, I don't care who you are. Like, so so just, just in that moment, they're under the Roman government. How about being slaves in Egypt? Yeah. How about the bondage of the ways of their life, of their practices that had bound them up to such a religious mindset that they couldn't see what was right in front of them? Yeah. Here's where you're not going to like me as much. Does that sound familiar to you? Because yeah. at times we read this and we go, those people. How dare they? Jesus was right in front of them. And we too many times fall into this category of going, God, me? A slave? No, it's just a little here and there. We may not come out and say, I'm not a slave. We say things like, I can quit anytime. We say things like, it doesn't hurt anybody. No one knows. We, we, we say things like, come on, like, we live under grace, Tony. We say things like, this is just kind of like a, a, a thing on the side that I kind of do and like, it just... It just works for me. We've got an arrangement. I can quit whenever I want. Or, or if we're extra spiritual, we, we take scriptures and we're like, don't you know, I, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Right. Yeah. And so, so we take a, and learn a verse that it's true. Come on, it's true. Yeah. 
but you say it from a place of denying your bondage. Meanwhile, you're like, man, I finally brought a friend on the 4th of July. Thought it was going to be all party. (laughs) Don't worry, you'll really want to dunk me after this. Jesus himself in the 34th verse states this, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. So here's what happens, though, is we have folks that live in denial of their bondage. And then we have folks that are proud of their bondage. And and I don't want to generalize this, but generally speaking, if you will, this can be generational. There's generations that... Nope, everything is prim and proper and everything is good. We're good, we're good, everybody's fine. Uh, I, I never fight with my wife. I never have an argument. In fact, my wife is so submitted that she says yes all the time. Just like I am so submitted that I say yes to the Lord all the time. Right? And we put on a front. And we deny that there's shortcomings in our lives. And then, and then there's another generation that's like, flaunt it. This is who I am, world. Take me as I am. And then there's a third one, because you know I'm preaching and there's always three things. There's a third option in the midst of this. And and, and then there's those that I call those that are used to being in the rhythm of bondage. So there's the deniers. There's the ones that are proud of it. And then the ones that are used to the rhythm of bondage. And I love you enough to tell you, if you're anything like me, you're likely somewhere in that middle category with me. Where you don't even realize how bound up you are because you're so used to the rhythm of bondage in your life. This is why there's this fancy word, recidivism, and it essentially means this, is the amount of people that leave prison, are released from prison, and then return to prison within the first five years. In the United States, currently, 44% of people that are incarcerated will return within the first five years. You want to know why? Because we like the rhythm of bondage. Wake up at this time, eat this, do that, chow times at this time, rec times at this time, and we like that. And we're used to it. And some of us live a life so used to the bondage that even when there's freedom available to us, we actually like to go back to it. And I'm not blaming you because we go back to what's familiar and what's familiar is what's comfortable. I mean, this is the battle we as believers will battle all day long. In fact, some of you, I I don't mean to offend you with what I'm about to say, I just got to tell you the truth. Some of you walked in this morning and love the fact that there's new carpet, new paint. Some of you are struggling because it's new. Because it's not familiar. Ten years from now, you're going to love it because it's not familiar. This is the way it happens. I don't like the fact that my oldest son is going into high school. This is new to me. I want my little tiny middle schooler who still loves me and gives me hugs. Right? And God's going, I got something more for you. I don't want you living in denial. I don't want you living proud of 
your bondage. And I certainly don't want you used to the rhythms of bondage where you become complacent or used to. Instead, he's calling us to admission. He's calling us to get real. These, these folks had to get real about their bondage. They had to get real about the fact that like, no, you're right, Jesus. Like, we, we've been under slavery, but also our hearts have been under slavery. So we don't become those that deny. We don't become those that are proud of. We don't become those that are used or complacent. Instead, we are those that get real, that admit I've got a problem and I can bring it to Jesus. Let me first tell you this. You bring your bondage to Jesus first. Okay? Then you take it to the right people. And did you hear me when I said the right people? You might be sitting here going, well, Tony, okay, I don't want to deny it. I don't want to get used to it. And, and I certainly want to just get free from it. I don't want to be proud of it. So, so how do I do it? And, and here's what you're going to be tempted to do. You're going to be tempted to find like-minded people that will simply blow wind into your sails of your bondage. Yeah. And God's going, in order to break that bondage, you've got to first come to me. And then I take you to the right people. And then you go to the right sources. We got to also realize that all of us are enslaved to something and the gospel by definition means we must understand we need a savior. Literally by definition, the gospel, this message of hope for all, that's what we mean. The gospel news begins with you and I realizing we need a savior. And in order to find that savior, we've got to understand, or as we find that savior, as we journey with that savior, we've got to understand that he calls us to find freedom in him and through him. The only way that we'll receive freedom that the son has for us is by first getting real. God, I admit, I've got this thing I can't seem to shake. And I want it broken off of me. What is it? Is it lack of forgiveness? Is it pride? Is it lust? Is it hurt from the past? You know what I've come to find out is that most of us get used to the pain of the past. We're not proud of it. We don't deny it. But that's where most of us fall into that category of being used to the rhythms of bondage. It has to do with our past. I'm just, this is what formed me. It's just what, it is what it is. And we almost joke about it. I've fallen into that. I, I admit, like, that, that's me. I'm like, yep. My great-grandfather was this. My grandfather was that. My father was this. What do you expect? Kind of bound to be this way. And God's going, I've got something more for you. We get real with God. We don't hide from God. We get real with God. Number two, we get aligned. John 8, 31. Are you getting something out of this? Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So here it is. You align yourself to the truth of God. How? You guys ready for this great revelation? Through his word. Tony, what do you mean align? Like I get aligned like that's like that's kind of fancy speak. 
Yeah, so how do I do it? How do I align myself to God's will? How do I? Through his word. You guys, let's not complicate what Jesus has already made very clear. Oh man, I wish somebody was in here helping me out to preach today. Because Jesus doesn't complicate it. He doesn't. You know who complicates it? You, your mama, your daddy. I'm serious. Right? Like Jesus goes, hey, you want to be set free? Get to know me. Become my disciple. Know what my words are. But here's what happens, my friend. And you hear a preacher tell you you got to get into the word and half of you are checked out. Because this is what happens. Half of you are going, this is my long laundry list of why I can't get into the word. Or you're already so mature that you don't need to keep hearing this basic stuff. And God's going, align yourself through my word. You guys know me. I'm going to tell it to you like it is. I think social media and tools out there can be tools or they can be destruction. Stop getting your theology from reels alone, please. Like just please like help your soul out. And I'm sure there's good stuff out there. But just because I became famous overnight on YouTube or paid for a bunch of followers on Instagram doesn't mean that what I'm saying is sound. Like, are you with me on this? And, and, and I get it, man. More than ever, I've shared this with you. This last year when I bit, my goals was to read more books, to, to really understand more co- the complexity of more subjects. But even books, you've got to be careful with. Just because somebody's made a name for themselves and they have so-and-so that signed off on their forward doesn't mean it's Bible. But how will you know if it's Bible if you don't know your Bible? And I love you. I really do. And, and I hope you know this. If you're, if you're part of kind of the, the leadership circle, even in this house, you know I take my study days extremely seriously. You know I don't just get up here and just spew out whatever funny thing comes out or not funny thing that comes out of my mouth. You know I spend hours studying in the Word of God. But that can't be the sufficiency of you abiding in God's Word. That's right. yeah. If you're expecting a human who can fail who can offend you by something that I say here today, expecting a human who isn't perfect to in 30 to an hour and a half give you enough for you to be sustained by? You've fooling yourself. Tony, I finally invited a friend to church. Welcome. (laughs) We got to call it what it is. Enough is enough with not making the Word of God priority in our lives. Enough is enough robbing ourselves of the beauty that is found, the comfort that is found, the wisdom that's found, the guidance that's found, the unending wealth of direction and encouragement, all found in God's Word. And so Jesus goes, hey, you're going to know my Word. Okay, you're going to know me through my Word. Then you'll understand what's actually true. In a world that says truth is subjective, in a world that says your truth, if you vote this way, has to align with this, if you vote this way, has to align with that, and there's no in-between anymore. Come on, I'm just calling it like it is. 
God's going, you got to know what the sustaining truth is. So, there's a progression here. I want you to see the progression. There's abiding, right? I abide with Jesus. I move into discipleship with Jesus. There's a slide for this. There's truth, and then there's freedom, right? So I, I begin by God. I'm, I'm going to be with you. We're going to spend time together. We're going to talk about this stuff. I'm going to get real with you, Lord. This is the stuff I'm struggling with. This is where my mind's at. This is where my heart's at, God. This is where my soul's at. This is where I tremble in fear. This is my weaknesses. And God's like, I see them all, and I still have chosen to love you. Can you imagine that? Like, isn't that incredible to you? Can we just pause for a quick second and just think about that? God's not surprised by any of those admissions. God's not thrown off. He's not flabbergasted like your friend that you admitted something to and their jaw hits the floor. God's like, I got you. I've seen it. And then he goes, so then, then, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disciple you. I'm going to show you my ways. Walk with me. Let me show you my rhythms of life. Right? He offers you that opportunity. Then you move into understanding the truth of the word. And it's when you understand the truth of God that you experience freedom. Okay. Can I tell you a couple things about this? Because I think I'm going to just kind of camp out on this second point for a while, if that's okay with some of you. Okay, awesome. I just needed some of you to be okay with it. (laughs) Do you want to know why most of us keep going back to bondage? I believe it's because we haven't used the word of God yet to purge the excuses or reasons for walking in a manner that binds us back up into sin. I haven't purged my heart, haven't purged my mind, haven't purged my life through God's word of the reasons and excuses as to why it's okay for me to constantly walk back into bondage. Romans chapter 6 is one of the most gut-wrenching chapters in the Bible that you could ever read. And I'm going to read it to you. You know that I rarely read this much all in one sermon because I understand we live in an Instagram era where your attention is like this. But I'm going to challenge your spirit today to hear the word of the Lord. Okay? Like, listen, if Tony in hot, humid Brazil could sit through a three-hour sermon with no AC, you can sit through the next five minutes of me reading you Romans 6. You ready for this? Yeah. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can, how, how can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like this, like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. And we all get excited about that. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be, here's the word, enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. 
Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. And we love this at Easter time. For the death he died, he died to sin. Once for all. Come on. Say once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you must also consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Ooh, this is where it's hard. Can I be honest with you? This is where it's hard, even for me. Let's change the vernacular. Not even for me, especially for me. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law but under grace. Are you still with me? Not falling asleep yet? Okay. What then? Are we to sin because we're not under the law but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present, present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed, and having been set free from sin, have now become slaves of righteousness. I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, in other words, sin begets sin, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. Now here's a key verse for you. Ready? For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from those things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification. Come on. And it's end eternal life. For the wages of sin. And this is what we find at Hobby Lobby. You ready? (laughs) For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Don't you love the context? I'm going to let the word of God speak for itself in your life right there and move on to my third and final point. And then we're going to party. <laughs> Number three, get going. Get real. Get aligned and get going. John 8:36. So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. Lane talked about this last week. When someone comes up to you and goes, look at what God has done in your life, and you shrink back, you are not living out that which God has called you to live out proudly. And not proudly because I'm boasting in myself. No, in fact, Paul teaches this. He goes, hey, if I boast in anything, it's going to be in Christ and Christ alone. And here's what's happening with a lot of us is we bounce back from being enslaved and being free, slaved and being free, because we haven't yet stepped into walking it out. Walking out our freedom looks different than struggling back and forth. 
And that walking out takes place when I'm aligned to who I am, to who God called me to be, to who I am and whose I am. On Father's Day, I talked about this. A son and daughter of God will be able to identify, this does not line up to my identity, therefore I don't walk in it. I walk out the identity Christ has called me to. You own it. Come on, turn, turn to your neighbor and say, live it out. <laughs> say, say, now to your other neighbor, say, own it. <laughs> Some of you here this morning, you've got, you got to hear this as the word of God for your life right here, right now. You've already been set free. Quit looking back. Quit holding back. Quit hesitating. Man, I, I'm just believing that that's the Spirit of the Lord speaking to some of you in the depths of your soul right here, right now. Some of y'all are bashfully kind of trying it. No. God's going, own it. God's going, live it out. Quit hesitating. Quit looking back. I'm telling you, Paul himself, the, the guy that wrote over half of the New Testament, talks about how the one thing he's going to focus on is forgetting what's behind him and looking forward to basically the identity that God has laid out for him. Yes. And you know what he's talking about? He's talking about his failures and he's talking about all his wins too. Because this, this was literally the Jews of all Jews. He's like, I am as chosen as chosen can get. I was taught by Gamaliel. I was under the law. I practiced it perfectly. Then God knocked me off my high horse after I was persecuting Christians because I thought they were coming in and trying to you know, mix my, my religion, which they, they weren't. They were just trying to fulfill what the law had promised for all these years, right? And he's like, hey, if I'm going to do one thing, I'm going to forget about all that. I'm going to quit looking back and I'm going to walk out who God has called me to be. And my friend, I'm just wondering, when will you quit looking back? Come on. Oh, my. I told you I'd end on time, but I'm not going to because I got to go in on this. I got to go in on this for some of you, man. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, some of us are so stuck in our past. And I've said this before. Let me say it to you again. If your past was good. Because the enemy can only see your past and not your future, he keeps telling you that's as good as it's going to get. So I, I, I love you. Honor, yes, let's honor the past, but quit living in the glory days. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, oh man. Like I have great memories of, of God visiting my life at specific times. And yes, they can be monuments and moments in my life, but that's not everything. Like if, here's a challenge to you, get a fresh testimony. Is that okay to say? I'm, I'm, I'm just looking at my elders' faces and they're smiling. Okay, I got a thumbs up. One of them's taking notes. He looked up, he's smiling. Okay, we're good. No, but, but, but. Can we, can we quit looking at the past, glorifying it, whether it's good or bad? Because you're giving it a hold into your present and into your future. So then this is what happens. Then, then, then let's say your past is really bad. Then the enemy tells you because he can't see your future because he's not the Alpha and the Omega. He's going to tell you, see, this is why you are the way you are. This is why you'll forever be like this. 
Or, or if God like met you in the midst of it, you do what I do. Sometimes you like really glorify and glorify the terrible things of your past. And so then we walk around like, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see if God answered my prayer when I came to him and cried out. Like, I think it was just kind of an emotional moment. We'll see. You, know, you, you, you hear the preacher say, man, cry out to the Lord. He's here. The presence of God is here. And you come and you're like, you go home and you're like, actually, it's just like we all got excited because we put two services together. So like there's a lot of people in the room. So it feels like, you know, like chills when you get around a crowd. And, and we begin to question the very thing that God has already done. Come on, I might speak to somebody today. God's asking you to live loudly confidently in the finished work of Christ and Christ alone. We'll see. I'm going to walk out of here and we'll just take it one day at a time, Pastor. Look at the difference in attitude. You can still take it one day at a time. I will firmly believe that my God, who provides according to His riches and glory, will provide daily manna for me. Do, Do you see the difference? Take it one step at a time, please. Please take it one day at a time. But it's not, oh, yeah, I mean, we'll see, you know. In Spanish, we used to say, un día a la vez, you know. And we used to sing a little corito, un día a la vez. Mi Cristo. Anybody know it? Come on. Es lo que pido de Okay, wow, some of y'all know it. Anyway, sorry, that was not planned. But if you're, if, if, if you're Hispanic, then there's like a passion behind it, right? Like, so, so I walk out and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I guess I'll just take it one day at a time. And God's going, trust in my daily bread. Yeah. Do take it one day at a time, but trust that I got manna for you. Yeah. Trust that when my son taught his disciples to pray, he said, give us today our daily bread. Right, so I walk in a confidence. Do you see the, the, the attitude difference here? So, so, so I, I, I get going. I get moving. In addition to this word of if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. In, in the midst of, of this indeed being fully free, it also literally means a literal translation of indeed. In doing. In works. Your freedom reflects a different way of living now. My freedom calls me to an action. So in order to be not just fully free, it literally means there's fruit and action and deeds that model and display as a result of my freedom. Okay, let me talk to some of you real quick about something. Freedom is not something for you to abuse. If not, go read the book of Romans all the way through. And you'll find out freedom is not something to be abused. Let me talk to another part, a segment of this congregation. Freedom is not just your right as an American. Okay? And let me say this. If you've heard me preach before, you, you know my heart for this country. You know as someone who immigrated here when I was a teenager... I have a great love and respect and honor for this country. 
If it's not for this country, I don't live, I don't have the life I have. So yeah, there's divisions and all this stuff that people talk about out there, but I'm just one glad that the government is on his shoulders, not on this country's shoulders, first of all. But second of all, I'm not a bash on a place that literally has given me the life that I, that I wouldn't otherwise have. Okay, and I, and I have like a perspective of that. I have cousins that live in, in a different country. I've got family. Like I, I saw my dad get up at 3 in the morning and go stand out in the street corner and, and wait for day labor for the first five years of our life here. I got made fun of for not speaking the language. I, I get it. And I, and I met the most beautiful American Greek woman on the face of the planet. Yes. It gave me a wife. It gave me my kids. But that freedom isn't the only thing that we live for. Is that okay for me to offend you a little bit in that? Like freedom isn't just a right. No, no, no. Freedom ooh, is as a citizen of heaven, I now serve through love. You don't believe me? Galatians 5.13 says this. For you were called to freedom, my brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. Did you know if you get involved into any successful recovery program, whether it's drugs and alcohol, pornography, anything like that, any kind of recovery program that's successful, they will tell you, you have not come for a circle until you've now served someone else that's walking through the same thing. Yeah. And it's funny, I get a lot of amens from that, but I don't get a lot of amens from Galatians 5.13. <laughs> right, like we all understand that the world has adapted this concept that's actually Bible. You want to know how to walk out your freedom? Go serve people. Yes. Yeah, yes. Lovingly and humbly serve people. And you're going to see just how free you truly are. So, so my friends, let me tell you this. We empty ourselves of ourselves so that we can be filled with who he is. Not who we, he, we wish he was, but who he actually is. So we humbly and lovingly serve our community by bringing freedom everywhere we go band, you can come on up. It's through love that we serve one another. It's through humility that we humble ourselves to a place of servanthood. We serve humbly. We love greatly. I want you to turn to your neighbor now and go, it's time to get serving. You didn't say it loud enough. Say, come on. Time for you to start serving through love. You know, I, I, I'm about to wrap this up. We're, buckle your seatbelts. We're landing the plane. Okay, landing gear is coming on. We're, we're, we're getting there, okay? And, and, and I, I know I've joked before about how sometimes the, the really good portions of my sermon that you guys all love are things that are ghosts written by my wife, right? Uh, well, if Sophia would have written this last point, she wouldn't have said get going. She wouldn't have said get serving. She would have said, get off your behind <laughs> and get moving, right? And, but see how this isn't like you're coerced, you're forced, you gotta because, you, no, it's, man, I experienced a freedom in my life. And as a response of living out that identity of freedom, 
I now get to, get to humbly, lovingly serve people all around me. Church, I'm telling you, this is, this is not just my heart as a pastor. This is God's heart. Jesus himself says, red letter edition, goes, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. You know, there's these brothers arguing, and they send their mommy to go advocate for them, and they're like, hey, tell Jesus that we want to sit at his right hand, so mommy's still doing, you know, all the chores for them, even though they're 18 and 19, which is so wrong, by the way. <laughs> Seriously. And teach your kid to do his own laundry. Anyway, and he comes, and she's like, hey, Jesus, can my kids, like, sit at your right hand? Like, I think they're kind of deserving of it. They're... And, and he's like, you want to be first? Become last. You want to be the greatest of all? In my kingdom, you become a slave to all. Wait, wait, wait. Well, Tony, I thought we were preaching about freedom. Here's the thing. The freedom of Christ frees you to now be enslaved to righteousness. That's another sermon. I know that's another sermon for another time. Okay, so I'm going to land the plane. You guys ready? So get real, get aligned, get going. Ready? You guys ready for that? You ready for some freedom in your life? You ready to live out this identity that God has called you into? Come on, you get something out of this this morning? Would you stand to your feet? I'm going to pray for you, and then we're going to sing a song. Father, right now I pray for every area of our lives. That, that, that maybe are still being bound up by sin, by habits, by hurts, by hangups, by whatever it may be. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that as we now get real and honest with you, even now, God, I pray that you would stir the hearts of people to just get honest with you right now, right where they're at, in their own way, in their own words, just that they would open their mouths and begin to tell you, God, I, I need freedom in this area. I need, I need to be free from this. Help us to get real, Lord, and then help us, God, to be those people that, that get aligned to your word. And as we, as we commune with you through your word, God, we know that we will be set free by understanding the truth of your word. And ultimately, God, let, let us be inspired to go out and share this with people. So, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would seal your words over every heart here. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing one last song. If you need prayer for anything need freedom in your life or something, you can head on over to the prayer corner. We got people there ready and willing to pray for you. For the rest of you, let's sing. And let me just declare this over you right now. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May you use your freedom to serve others and may you be guided by His love to those around you. May the reality of the gospel abound in you as you are anchored in his word. May God bless you and keep you from this day forward forever. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us today. We hope today's message encouraged you, challenged you, and caused your faith to grow. If you enjoyed today's message, we highly encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. That way you don't miss out on any future messages. To get to know us, to get connected with us, and to know how you can best partner with us, head to our website, LegacyChurchID.com, or come see us in person at our campus in Meridian, Idaho. We look forward to connecting with you. May God bless you and have a great rest of your day.